This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. On the show today, Scott Aaron, the man with two first names. He is here because he is a LinkedIn expert. He's also a top podcaster, a three-time best-selling author, and a business consultant. But I really wanted him on the show because he is a LinkedIn expert. Scott, you know I have a love-hate relationship. We're going to talk about that about LinkedIn, but welcome to the show. Mark, grateful to be here. And, uh, you know, uh, I actually have three first names. My middle name is Robert. So it can get kind, <laughs> it can get kind of confusing. Uh, but you know, it, it's interesting. Even though I, I do LinkedIn coaching and consulting, I too have a love hate relationship with LinkedIn. Ooh. And I, oh, and, and the, and I'm very transparent. I'm very honest. I talk about it all the time in my content because there's things that, that really tick me off with how people are using it. And, you know, whether someone is teaching it, coaching on it, or using it, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are doing it uh, a very misleading and dis- disingenuous way. Mm. Well, let's just, let's just go right in the pool. Let's go in the deep end. Let me tell you the number one thing I, I mean, I think LinkedIn could really crush Instagram and Facebook, but they're so scattered. My biggest thing with them right now is LinkedIn Live. It's not built in the app. So if you and I are at a conference and we come across Mark Cuban or Grant Cardone, we can't go live with them unless we hold up our MacBooks, which is really weird. Why Why did I, I would love to be in the room when someone goes, yeah, let's not make a mobile app. Let's just make it go on desktop when the world is going mobile. So I think they made a colossal mistake, and I'm hoping, I'm really hoping they're working behind the scenes to build an in-app LinkedIn Live. But what are your thoughts about that? I, I agree, and, and you and I actually talked about this uh, in one of my my content pieces on LinkedIn. And I think where the issue comes into play is that when LinkedIn Live was introduced about two and a half years ago, you weren't streaming directly to LinkedIn. Meaning, uh, on Facebook, you can just hit the button to go live. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook has a built-in streaming platform. Instagram has a built-in streaming fl- platform. Uh, LinkedIn doesn't. You either have to use um, uh, Restream or you have to use StreamYard and you have to have a third-party app that streams to it. So conceptually, the only way that you'd be able to stream to LinkedIn if they allowed it through the mobile device is if StreamYard um, or Streamcaster or whatever those other ones are doing – have their own mobile app that connects to your regular desktop version that it would allow you to stream to it. That's the only way I see it happening right now. But as LinkedIn, you know, truly tries to push the label of keeping up uh, with the Joneses, so to speak, as what's going on with the other social media platforms, I do see them making that push to make the mobile version more readily available per your example. If someone's at a conference, if someone's at a networking event, if someone is doing something where other LinkedIn connections are there, they want to be able to, to you know, hop on and do a live and look where I am, look who I'm with, look who I'm talking to. So it would it would require a big change because then they would have to break whatever contractual obligations they have with the streaming platforms. But I don't see it as an impossibility and I do see it happening at some point. Yeah, so that's my biggest gripe. The other gripe I have with them is the slow rollouts. Like I had to wait two years to get LinkedIn Live. I had to wait four months to get dark mode. I got LinkedIn newsletters, which is the hottest thing on LinkedIn right now. If you touch it, you'll burn your fingers. I love them. 
but yeah, I, it's incredible. I mean, it's really incredible. And what I do is I'm a big repurposer. Yep. So I take my blog post for the week and I put it in new LinkedIn newsletter and it comes out. I mean, why reinvent the wheel? But one of the problems I have with their scatteredness is like, we're going to do stories. No, we're not going to do stories. We're going to redo We're going to rethink stories. We're going to do groups. No, we're not going to do groups. We're going to do live. Well, we're not going to give it easy to access live. And once you create a newsletter, it goes out to all your people. What about the new people? So I discovered a couple of days ago, I got my link to sign up for my newsletter. And about once a week, I go through all my new my new uh, connections. And I say, hey, by the way, I got a newsletter. And they're signing up for it because there's no way to go back and say, hey, send my invitation to all the people I've connected with since I created my newsletter. So I think they're kind of scattered. I think they're a quality app. I just think that they want to be a TikTok, a Snapchat, a Twitter, a Facebook, an Instagram, and they should be LinkedIn. So I think they do want to – I don't think it's a matter of them wanting to corner the marketplace, but I think they want to do what they can to keep people on the platform as much as they can. They don't They don't want people jumping from LinkedIn to then Facebook and then to TikTok and Instagram. So a couple things to unpack there. Uh, number one – uh, I do agree. It was a when LinkedIn Live was introduced, I had to apply six times to actually get LinkedIn Live. And I met all the criteria. And they've actually, for people that don't know this, they actually lessened the criteria um, prior prior to the the way that they're rolling it out now, which is basically you turning creator mode on, having 150 connections, following the user agreement and uh, bylaws that LinkedIn has as far as using the platform and producing uh, consistent, engaging or organic content, you'll get LinkedIn live. Oh, wow. So that, that's, and you'll get newsletters. So creator mode actually allows you to do LinkedIn and newsletters. If you turn creator mode off, you lose your newsletter and you lose the ability to do LinkedIn live. Wow. So that's what a lot of people don't know. So if you turn, if you go to creator mode and you turn it on, they'll, if you, you scroll down a little bit, it'll say creator mode features. And the two main features right now are LinkedIn newsletters and LinkedIn live. And it'll say available or unavailable. So as soon as you meet the criteria, which is very minimal compared to when you and I had to apply to get LinkedIn Live. Like literally, for, for the listeners, you have no idea what we had to go. The rigmarole, the, there was a link. You had to fill out an application, and then you had to talk to the help desk, and then you'd get denied. And then you would have to say, well, why did I get denied? They're like, well, we're not accepting just everybody right now. So it was a very slow rollout. But now there is no application process. Wow. The other thing that I want to talk about is, yeah, the LinkedIn story thing was kind of weird why they took it away <laughs> because I actually enjoyed it because what I, the brilliance that I, that I saw with LinkedIn story is when you posted your, your, and added to your LinkedIn story, there was a little eyeball, uh, in the bottom right, which meant the views of your story, which yes. you can, you could click on the eyeball and it would show you who actually saw your story, which you can then send them a message saying, you know, thanks for checking out my story. You know, if I could be of any service or help, let's connect, let's continue the conversation. They did say that they were temporarily removing the LinkedIn uh, story feature and they're going to be replacing it with a more user-friendly interactive version. That's the last I heard. There's been- That was September. 
Yeah, that was been, September. <laughs> there's been no chirps since. Yeah. Now, as far as the LinkedIn newsletter, so the, the way that I figured out how to get continual subscribers, so the featured content section on our profiles, you can actually add the homepage to your newsletter. Oh, wow. Right in the featured content section. So when someone visits your profile and they scroll down and they see that featured content section, if they're not subscribed to your newsletter, there's a subscribe button, which they click it, and now they're subscribed to your newsletter. Wow. I just learned something about LinkedIn newsletters. Thank you. There you go. Um, now, the other thing is um, the way that it organically grows. So so my newsletter, I'm approaching 6,000 subscribers to my wow. newsletter, and it grows every edition that I write. I usually end up increasing it by two to 300 every edition, which is on a weekly basis. And what I found how that happens is when one of your first connections engages in your newsletter, where they like it, whether they comment, it actually shows in their timeline, in their newsfeed to their networks that they've engaged in this newsletter, which means that person might click on it, check it out, and then they subscribe. So you want to really do your best when you're writing your newsletter to start conversation, to have people engage because then it will appear in more news feeds. Now, the, I would say the one gripe or I think frustration that I have right now is LinkedIn audio rooms. I don't know. I'm not sure if you know about this, but LinkedIn uh, recently in the last two months has released a competitor to... Uh, clubhouse and it's yeah, called. I don't have long audio rooms, so that's again another snail rollout, and I don't know when I'll get it. Neither do I. So and, <laughs> and and it's only it's it's through the desktop and it's through the mobile version as well. But I I would love to to talk to someone on the corporate side of LinkedIn to ask them, you know, how are you choosing who gets to use these these features first. You know, if you're looking at content creators and you see someone that's consistent with doing LinkedIn lives and you know they're writing newsletters, they're doing content, they're doing polls, they're doing all these things to add value to their network, you know, should certain people have the opportunity to try that feature first before just anybody? And I think they go possibly by the size of the person's network. And that's misleading itself because there's more and more people that are joining engagement pods just to get engagement, which we can talk about in a little bit. But I would like to see if they're going to roll out a new feature, I would like to see them come out with a streamlined way to make it available to all of those that really want to take advantage of it right away because LinkedIn Audio Rooms is going to be insane once it's available to the right people because it's a way to start, you know, daily conversations right there live where you can bring people in. Um, it's almost like doing a live podcast. I am not a fan of Clubhouse. You know, I, I, I went on it when it first came out. And I just saw it as a a time suck, uh, and B I saw it as a place where just people were trying to just um, you know fluff their feathers a little bit, like I'm better than you. Here's what I'm doing, and everybody was just kind of trying to get elbow room to get on the stage. And I just didn't like the energy. But I think it's going to be different on LinkedIn because it's a more collaborative environment on LinkedIn, and I'm looking forward to taking advantage of it. Let me ask you your opinion, because I know you have no inside information regarding you know LinkedIn corporate or whatever like that. Why do you think that LinkedIn rolls things out so slowly? In other words, Facebook rolled out a feature. 
They test it for two, three months and everybody gets it. They've got billions of people. Instagram's the same way. TikTok's the same way. But LinkedIn, it seems like, you know, LinkedIn Live, by the way, my story about LinkedIn Live is I had asked five times and they, when I was back, when I was applying, they said, we do not do same day approvals. I got a same day approval. I don't know if someone's having a birthday that day or something, but I got <laughs> a same day approval. But I asked five times. And like I said, you know, I still don't have audio rooms. Do you think it's because they're playing, being cautious? Do you think the infrastructure is not in place? What do you think is the reason? The, the infrastructure is absolutely in place. I mean, Microsoft owns them. So I don't think it's an infrastructure uh, uh, issue. I think it's a uh, an issue of being mindful and careful about how are people going to use these uh, specific features? Because there's been a lot of people coming over from Facebook and Instagram and crowding the space on LinkedIn, using it improperly, uh, putting out political type and polarizing content, scandalous pictures where they're showing too much skin, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of clickbait uh, content, which LinkedIn absolutely despises. So before they roll it out to the masses, they do like doing a slow rollout to see when it's in the hands Very of the slow right, rollout. <laughs> yep. And, and, and when it's in the hands of the right people, how are they going to use it? Because that will help them kind of work out whatever kinks may be there. Um, and then from there, they determine what kind of uh, procedures or uh, things need to be put in place for people to get that feature. That's why you're seeing uh, creator mode kind of being the the gateway for people to now having LinkedIn newsletters as opposed to just having an article written and LinkedIn live as opposed to just recording native video. So they're rewarding creators for doing things the right way and taking advantage of those creator tools that they have. One suggestion, I already let LinkedIn know about LinkedIn newsletters. I said, please give us the option to schedule them. Because what I would like to do is like to create my blog on my blog and then put that content on the LinkedIn letter newsletter and say, okay, I want this to go on this date and time. And I know they're listening. I hope they give us the scheduling option because it'd be really nice. The other thing that some I read, oh, I wish I remember who saw I saw it on LinkedIn that you can embed Spotify links on your LinkedIn newsletters. So what I do is I here's how I repurpose my content. I record a YouTube video every week. I take the video, put it on YouTube, take the audio, make a podcast, take the transcript, make a blog post. When I put the blog on my on my blog, on my the post on my blog, I guess I'm trying to say, I will embed the Spotify link. Well, I can do the same thing on LinkedIn newsletter because someone may go, you know what? I don't want to read this. Let me listen to it. So because some people like to read, some people like to listen, some people like to watch. And I, I'm a big fan of giving people the options they want and let them choose what they want. So I really hope that LinkedIn allows us to schedule our newsletters because if you're, what if you're going on vacation for a couple of weeks, it'd be nice to be able to schedule those newsletters when you're away. So you can, in a way, schedule your newsletters. Um, you, you still have to go in there to release them, but there's um, a mode within LinkedIn publisher, which is where you can do your articles and newsletters. Mm-hmm. It, it's called draft mode. Okay. So what I typically do is I'll go into my LinkedIn newsletters and I will write it out. I will make sure it's saved and I will exit out. And then I will go back in, start a new one. So if you click on drafts, it will actually have all of the newsletters that you have pre-written. And then all you have to do is click on the newsletter that you wrote and just click publish and it's done. Now, 
that has to be done from a PC. So in essence, if you're on vacation and you're at the hotel, you have your laptop, you can log on really quickly, go into your drafts and release your newsletter that was already pre-written that day. And then you can go back to the beach. So that is the the best way to kind of work around scheduling your newsletters by saving all of those as pre-written drafts, as many as you want, and then releasing them slowly when you want to. Hmm. Do you think that LinkedIn eventually is going to go the way of Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, and go mobile first? Because we live in a mobile world. And when I go on vacation, I have my phone everywhere. And there's things you can't do on the mobile app, like you can't sort by recent or most popular, but you can the desktop. So in your opinion, do you think that LinkedIn is eventually going to follow the rest of the companies and go mobile first? Well, I think they have to take a look at the user base. And the fact is they they still want LinkedIn being that professional networking platform for business professionals. And in their minds, you know, the, the people that are most likely to be on the mobile devices are the people that maybe are, you know, uh, entrepreneurs or they're just at home, they're, their mom, their parent, whatever it is. So they're kind of catering to the demographic of, of what they feel are spending most of the time. And most business professionals are not on their phones all day. Um, they may be sitting at a desk. They may be, you know, on their laptop sitting in a coffee shop. So they're kind of catering to that. Now, I will say, you know, I do like the flexibility that the mobile app gives you. So you can do a poll, um, you know, you can do a, a, a regular video. Now, would it be great if we could write our articles and our newsletters from the mobile device? 100%. I would love that because sometimes I just don't feel like getting on my computer. Sometimes it would be great just to grab my blog from my my website, which is mobile friendly, copy it, throw it into my newsletter on the mobile app. And again, I don't want to have to be, as you mentioned, I don't want to have to be handcuffed to my computer. So if I'm out and about, if I am at a coffee shop and I don't bring my laptop, I would like to have full capabilities. But, you know, now that the seed has been planted in my brain, you know, being able to, to go live from your phone and or PC, writing a newsletter from your phone or your PC, I think would give people a lot more flexibility. At the end of the day, LinkedIn is going to cater to the demographic of what they see as far as people using the platform. Now, with that in mind, because the people that are using LinkedIn Live and writing newsletters are spending time on the PC, it's still going to give this skewed result of the time that's being spent um, mobile versus the desktop version. So one could only imagine if LinkedIn Live and LinkedIn newsletters were available on the mobile app, would that mm. skew the percentage of time that people were spending mobile versus desktop? Yeah. Possibly. That's but a we, good point. But we wouldn't know that until they would make those things readily available. So I would say in LinkedIn's mind, it may be a really smart idea to really see what the demographic and what the user base is actually doing. Because if you make those two user tools available on the mobile app, see if there's a big swing in people spending more time on the mobile app as opposed to the desktop, because now you've made live video and newsletter available to everyone, whether they're using the mobile app or the desktop version. I personally believe that we're going to see LinkedIn mobile live 
coming up soon. I'd say maybe Q4 of 2022 or Q1 of 2023. I think they're working on it. And of course, once anybody gets access to it in the world, it'll be all over LinkedIn. So we won't have to worry about it. So I have a, a two-part question for you. Uh, I want to know your thoughts on pages and metrics. And the reason why I'm combining these two together is if you don't, if you're not aware, if you listen to the show and you're not aware of pages, pages are company pages and they give you a plethora of metrics. On your personal profile, they don't. And the problem I have with the metrics, I wish I could turn off the metrics on my personal profile because we'll get in the engagement pods in just a few minutes here. But people are evaluating a post by the number of views and number of comments. But I've looked at posts that have a lot of engagement. I'm like, this post sucks. Why is it getting so much engagement? And we'll talk about pods in a minute. My issue is if we can have the ability to turn off those metrics, in other words, the author would see them, but the regular people wouldn't, I think then people would start evaluating based on the actual content. Now, for some reason on pages, you can click on analytics and find out what industries and blood type and hair color, <laughs> but on the on the profiles, you can't. And the one final thing I'll say before I'll let you loose on your opinion is today, as far as I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, three seconds still equals a view. Now, what I usually do is I will put a post and a video but I don't know how many people actually read the post and didn't watch the video. And so I think the metrics on the profile side are really sad when you look at the the gate on the engagement and the analytics on the pages. So what say you? How would you like to get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free? Well, you can. All you have to do is go to top5productivitytips.com. That's the number five, top5productivitytips.com to get my, well, top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. So with the the, the pages or the, the, you know, the company page aspect, uh, much like a, a Facebook business page, uh, LinkedIn wants you to throw money at it. Now, j- just to let you know, for, for the listeners, don't ever do LinkedIn ads. Um uh, historically and statistically, it's it's very well known that they have the the worst click through rate and cost per acquisition. Wow! And they're typically uh, the starting ad budget for someone that wants to run ads to a company page is anywhere between twenty five hundred to thirty five hundred dollars a month for a minimum of six months to see any traction whatsoever. Wow! Now, when you talk about demographically, what are the types of people or companies that are leveraging uh, LinkedIn company page ads? It's typically recruiters or people working for recruiting companies, large scale companies that are generating eight and nine figures annually in revenue that are looking to attract that type of size clientele or acquisition. So it's a very high profile individual. And that's where those metrics come into place. The The person that's spending money on the platform is going to want to see the performance of those ads. Now, for the everyday business owner, the the, the entrepreneur, the small business owner, uh, carrots may be dangled in front of you on a company page where they're saying, listen, you know, your engagement's up, you know, your viewership is up, your analytics are up, and it might entice you to want to throw some money at it. Don't do that. I I don't pay attention to any of those metrics whatsoever. Uh, The vanity doesn't really matter to me. Um, What matters most to me is I actually look more on my my personal profile than my business profile. And here's where I look. There's two specific things that I look at 
on on for my LinkedIn personal page. I look at the amount of searches that I've appeared in in the last seven days, and I look at the amount of profile views that I've had in the last seven days. That tells me a lot. A, it tells me how well optimized my profile is as far as keywords that I should be using to attract my ideal client. Because again, LinkedIn's a giant business search engine. So I want to make sure that I'm appearing in the right searches. If I'm appearing in the right searches, then I'm going to get more profile views. And if I have my profile laid out properly, I'll start to generate leads and conversations and sales just by having my profile optimized the right way. And here's what you can do. You can actually click on, um, it's called your dashboard. Not No one can see it outside of themselves. So I can only see mine. Mark can only see his. You can only see yours. And if you click on profile views, it actually will break down for you the basic analytics of who is looking at your profile. And they break it down into three different uh, categories. A, uh, company. So they'll actually list the companies of where those people worked for and who saw it. Uh, B, they give you their professional title. So what professions are actually stumbling upon you through a search and clicking on your profile? And C, and the most valuable analytic they give you is the keyword that those individual used in this search engine where your profile appeared in that search, which then allowed you to become visible and they clicked on your profile and they've connected with you. So those are the three things that I monitor on a weekly basis to see what kind of traction I'm getting to see if I have to change certain things. Do I have to change the content that I'm writing? Do I have to change the keywords that I'm using in the headline of my profile or the body of the description of my experience section or my about me section? And that's what what LinkedIn will tell you is these were the keywords that were most frequently used in the last seven days. Try using them throughout your profile to appear in even more searches. So I really go by that as opposed to looking at any analytical stat that they have on the company pages. So as I hear you right, you're saying put all your effort into personal pages because I've been hearing a lot from other LinkedIn experts. You can ask 100 LinkedIn experts their opinion. You get 100 different opinions. A lot of them are saying, oh, LinkedIn wants you to use company pages. But you're saying we should really focus on personal pages. Who, who said they want you to use company pages? Oh, I, I've well, of course, I got the emails from LinkedIn. No, I'm no, not going to name the other LinkedIn experts. No, I'm, ju- I'm just saying I, I, I haven't heard that anywhere. And, okay. and you know, people have to understand that there's a couple reasons why people use company pages. A... Um, when you're adding things to your experience section, if you just add an experience and it's not tied to a, uh, a LinkedIn company page, it's just going to give you that little bar graph icon on the uh. left side. So what people do is they create a company page with a logo. So the logo now appears on the experience section on their uh. personal page. So there's a lot of people that do that. Honestly, there's a lot of people that do it just for that, for, uh, the vanity and the look of their profile. Gotcha. The other thing is this, there are certain companies that 100% and absolutely need a company page. If you are a a mid to large size company, you know, 15 employees on up, you 100% need a company page. You know, my wife and I, we, we, we have a, a high revenue company, but we use contractors instead of employees. So we do have a company page, but it's myself and my wife. We're, we're the owners of the company and we share content to our company pages. But 
We are the face of the business. We are the reason why people say yes. We are the ones that are doing the connecting. We are the ones that are building the relationships with the people on LinkedIn. Through and through, whether it's a Facebook company, business page or company page, or a LinkedIn business or company page, you cannot compare the amount of organic visibility, reach, and engagement between the two. It Mm. far sways over to the personal page. You will absolutely 1000%. I don't care what anyone says. If they're telling you opposing this, they're lying. Every personal profile gets more engagement, visibility, and reach than a company page. The reason why a company page may be getting more visibility is because they're throwing money at it. Uh So if you're not in that position to throw money at something or you don't want to, you will still get better and more organic engagement using your personal profile on LinkedIn. Wow. Well, I'm glad you said that because I have a company page, Mr. Productivity, and I go maybe four or five times a week. I just post a blog post to my blog. That's all I do. I don't get any lot of engagement. I think I have 735 followers. I'm really spending most of my time on my personal profile. As you should. As you okay. should. Now, you mentioned pods. Now, anybody who's a true LinkedIn, well, I won't say everybody. There are a couple people on there who are selling courses, and I've talked to people who purchase those courses, and it's all about engagement pods, which are against LinkedIn's terms of services. Correct. So you're on fire. Give us some fire about why pods are not a good idea. Well, th- there's a, n- a number of reasons why, and I, I think the, the big thing is if you get caught in a pod, LinkedIn is not playing around anymore. They will disable your account. You will never get it back again. So any relationships you've built, any connections that you've had, they will completely dismantle and you're kicked off the platform. So here's the thing. Let's let's make sure people understand what a pod is before you go into your dissertation. So an engagement pod is a, a group of individuals, um, anywhere between 50 to 150, uh, it's paid. It's not free anymore. So, oh wow, it, it's yeah. People pay to be in these things. So, so the the theory behind where all of this started is everyone is trying to quote unquote beat the social media algorithm. Now, the algorithm is the the structure in in a way of how the social media platforms are showing you content. So, what they they take certain content, they make it very visible to certain people. Now. The theory that a lot of people have is that within the first, you know, five to 10 minutes, um, of a post, um, it's got to get the most engagement possible. So basically, if I'm not getting, uh, engagement when the, within the first five, uh, to 10 minutes, it's going to fall on its face. No one's going to see it. So people said, okay, how can we beat that? Well, let's get a group of people together and we're all going to like and comment on each other's stuff to drive it up the algorithm on LinkedIn so it gets more organic visibility. So in essence, (laughs) yes, you are going to drive it up. But if you peel back the layers of those things, how genuine is it? How authentic is it? How real is it? Or is it a hack in order to try to get more visibility? And Mark, this is why I really dislike the whole vanity metric aspect of LinkedIn, because there are so many people now in, in business and in entrepreneurship that weigh the, the level that someone is having success wise on the amount of likes they have, yes. comments and views 
And you and I know success does not look like any of that. Success is <laughs> happening behind closed doors. Yes. So there's so much smoke and mirrors. And I always say to myself, like, who is this person that is getting a hundred thousand? Like they're a nobody. Like, I don't even know who they are. They've, they're, they're, they're not a reliable source. They're not a credible source. Now, if it's Simon Sinek or Tony Robbins, you know, or, or Richard Branson, and they're getting all that, they have the proven credibility and track record and value to, to get that kind of engagement. But for an everyday person that is just looking to pour gasoline on the vanity metrics of their content, I'm sorry. If you are paying for engagement, if you are paying for people to like and comment on your stuff and you're doing the same thing, you are going to hurt your business credibility. And here's the thing. Once you lose your business credibility, you are never getting it back. So that's why I never walk that thin line. I always make sure that I show up each and every day on LinkedIn, genuine, authentic, real, full of value. And whether one person likes it or a hundred people like it, I'm going to not stop creating that content. It doesn't stop me because again, one eyeball, one eyeball is all I care about because if I impact that one person, it's going to leave them better. They're going to tell someone else and it's just the trickle effect from there. So I lead with value. I have no preconceived expectation of what's going to happen from that post. I just do it to serve my audience and leave them better. Man, I, man, I, you're spitting fire right now. I am so thankful you said that because I'm a big fan of Grant Cardone. And one of the things he said in the last couple months is stop chasing the algorithm. Stop worrying about the perfect post. Just post and move on. Because I used to like create these reels on Instagram and do the captions and spend a half an hour fixing the captions. He goes, no one cares. Most people aren't even seeing your content. So what I do now is I post what's on my heart. Like Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, I post a blog, um, a um, uh, a podcast episode on LinkedIn that came out that day. Sometimes I post a blog post. I don't worry about it because, to your point, if one person sees it and one person becomes a client, those other ninety nine thousand or ninety nine or nine people, it doesn't matter. But I know people will spend eight hours crafting the perfect post, which doesn't exist. You got to have the right people see it at the right time. And contrary to what people think, there's no perfect time to, to post on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is a worldwide company. There are people in all time zones. Hmm. So I would just say what you said, lead with value, post the content, and then move on with your life. If it hits, it hits. Look at not everything that hits, unless you're Gary Vaynerchuk or Grant Cardone or Tony Robbins, not everything you do is going to hit. So don't worry about it. You're not a little teenage girl on Instagram looking for likes. You shouldn't be anyways on LinkedIn. This is a professional network. You should be, here's what I got to offer for you. And then don't worry about it. But I think so many people feel that if I get a hundred likes, I'll make a hundred dollars. No, you may not make any money. And that's not the point. Like Gary Van, like uh, Grant Cardone says in the 10X rule, most of us have an obscurity problem. If they don't know you, they can't flow you. In other words, they can't flow cash to you. So you got to produce a lot of content. Don't worry about the perfect, perfect post. It doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to let the listeners know if you've been fooled by what a lot of the quote unquote experts say, listen, people call me a LinkedIn expert. 
I don't call myself that. I, I just I have the credibility now where I have multiple best selling books. I I coach and train organizations and companies. I get paid to speak about LinkedIn. You know, this is I eat, sleep, and breathe it. And I do things from a very genuine and thoughtful place. And I just want to let the listeners know is that if you feel that, you know, you've been I don't want to say taken advantage of, but misled by someone that you feel is a credible source on LinkedIn that, you know, engagement pods are the way to go. They're not. There's a better way. I, I just trust me. You know, if you think, you know, just because your income in the business that you have is not where you want it to be, you think it's going to increase by the amount of likes, comments, shares, and views that you get. If you think that's what's going to happen, you're wrong. I yeah. prom, I promise you. I promise you right now, people can see through all of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, six months from now, in being in that engagement pod, even though you have tons of likes and tons of comments, I'm very doubtful that your income is going to change with that because the magic, what people forget, the magic of LinkedIn happens offline, not online. You know, you're looking to nurture and build relationships online to take it offline where you can form an even deeper connection with that person where they're either going to take you up on your offering or become a power partner where if they connect with someone that they can't fill the void or need in their business, guess what? They're going to remember you and the way that you connected and they're going to refer you out. So that's the best way that you should be using LinkedIn. And I will share this with you is I have a lot of guests such as you on LinkedIn who are on my show. And I've had people come on with one and two million followers on LinkedIn. They promoted the episode and there wasn't a bump in the downloads. I've had people come on with maybe 300 downloads or 300 followers that promoted the episode and they got a spike. Why? It's not the followers. It's the quality of followers. I mean, when you have two million, two million followers and you promote your episode on LinkedIn and I don't get a bump in the downloads, uh, what's going on here? Because you just have people following you like you're the Pied Piper. And I encourage people, stop collecting followers. I used to get caught up in that. Oh, how many followers do I have? I'm like, it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Now, now, we're coming close to the end of the episode here. This is a fascinating conversation, by the way. I just got to give you hats off. You are spitting fire. I really appreciate it. What are your story? What are your thoughts on groups? Because I think the one thing Facebook does really, really, really well is groups. I, I, I see the potential of LinkedIn groups being just as good, but I don't know. They're not just, they're not giving like right now, LinkedIn newsletters are the hot thing. Do you, yeah. what are you, what are your thoughts on groups? You have to find the right one. So recently, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a bunch of groups and, and I, I lead with value in all of them. So at once a week, I'll go into the groups that I'm a part of. And like you, I'll, I'll drop a blog post or uh, I'll post a video or just a, a very simple value added uh, piece of content. And a lot of the times uh, it falls on deaf ears, but I'm in this one group called Step Into the Spotlight. And it's oh, for so a- am I. Yeah, so Sue Fit is is the yep. uh, she's the moderator and creator of that. I love her to death. Actually, her name is Sue Feet because she was Sufi. on my show way back when I was in double digits. <laughs> Sue Feet, yeah. So she's she's just a you know she reached out to me the other day because she saw one of my polls, which was about vanity metrics, and people have to stop focusing on that. And she goes, "I loved your your poll. Could you post it in the group?" Which I did, and it got a lot of engagement. And I think it's really about 
the community that you're coming into. A lot of the groups on LinkedIn, people create them just to try to sell those people what they have to offer. Uh. So so it really turns people off and people don't engage. So wh- what I love a- about the, the Step Into the Spotlight group as an example is it's a great place to actually build community and build relationships. So that's what I've always used groups for to nurture and build connections. And you don't want to connect with everybody. You don't need to be mm-hmm. building relationships with all 15,000 people. You're looking for quality connections. So if you lead with value in the content that you're producing, and I always recommend to my clients, you know, producing one piece of value added content to a couple of the groups that you're in, it's going to extract the right people out of that group where, you know, they're going to click on Mark's blog post in that group and be like, man, I really like what Mark said. Let me click on his profile. And then they're going to connect with you or follow you or send you a message. So you're not looking for any preconceived uh, expectations. As I mentioned before, you're just looking in there to go in there and leave people better, extract people out of the group and bring them into your warm, regular network on your profile. Yeah, I tried to start a group on on LinkedIn and it died. So I. I I couldn't get people to go. So, but yeah, step in the st- spotlight is an excellent group. She t- puts a lot of work in there. Look, you gave us a lot of information, a lot of information. If you want to know how to be great on LinkedIn, just listen to this episode over and over again. There's so much information. Is there anything that you didn't get a chance to talk about that you really want to share with the listener before we wrap yeah. up? Yeah, there's actually a, a new feature. I actually just, uh, I'm going to be doing a training on this actually uh, tomorrow um, or, you know, whenever people can actually listen to this episode, just go to my profile. Well, it'll be out on March 31st. Yep. So it's, um, you know, it's called uh, the LinkedIn Bell. So, ah, yes. What is yeah, it all about? So LinkedIn has um, pushed back against the notion of um, uh, LinkedIn pods uh, and engagement pods because enough, of, enough people complain. They're like, I'm tired of these engagement pods and all these people, blah, 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 blah. So um, what they did was they added a notification bell uh, on our profiles. So what people can do now, as you connect with people, they can click on this bell on the right side of your profile. You okay. can't see it as the owner of the profile. Okay. You, you could go to my profile and you'll see my bell. And if you click it, you will get a push notification every single time you produce a piece of content. Not when so, you comment, just when you produce a post. When you produce a post. That would so, be really annoying if every time you commented, you got a notification. No, no, no. It's only when you... Pr- so for people... So I I updated my LinkedIn cover video that basically you know thanked people for checking out my profile. And if you want to see more of my content, ring my bell. That's, that's the whole catchphrase <laughs> right now. Ring my bell so you're notified every time I do a LinkedIn Live or do a poll or release a newsletter. So it's a great way for LinkedIn to push back at the people that think they need an engagement pod to get engagement. Now, when you invite the right people to your profile, all they're doing is ringing your bell because they want to see what you're producing. They want to engage with your content. So I highly encourage people when you're producing content on LinkedIn, encourage people, go to my profile and hashtag ring my bell or put it into your cover story. Um, put it into the videos that you do. You know, if you're checking out my profile and it's the first time that you're there, click the follow, click the connect and ring my bell. So you're notified when I do produce some content. Now, does everybody have access to that now? I be- some people have said they don't, but I think this is why people think they don't. They're going to their own profile and they don't I'm gonna see. Go to yours. I'm opening up the app right now. I'm going to go so, to Scott's. Yeah. I want to see if it's on mobile. Yeah, go to my, it is on mobile. So if you go to my profile, you'll see a little tiny bell on the right hand well, side. Are you connected, dude. Send me a connection. 
Okay, well, <laughs> this is live. This is real here. Okay, so I just tapped the button. Okay, so I just rang your bell. So basically, <laughs> right in the podcast. Yep. So basically, that will say, you know, you will be notified every time Scott produces a piece of content. If if people don't ring your bell and they're a connection or follower of yours, they will only be notified when you have a top piece of content. Ah, gotcha. So that's why you really want to encourage people to, you know, ring my bell, stay connected to me engage in all of my content, not just what people feel is my top performing content. Excellent. And you did say something. I, I want to make sure to listen to this because I have not done this LinkedIn video. Mm. You do have a LinkedIn video on your profile. Correct. I knew about it. I haven't done it, but you just reminded me again. I got to do that today because it's a prime opportunity to get people to ring your bell. And so I've got to, I wrote that down here. So man, you gave us so much to think about. I think we covered everything. Yeah, we did. I wrote everything down here. We covered everything, man. You are the master. So the two things I've got to do is create my video. And number two, I've got to add the, um, the homepage to my, my newsletter to my featured content. See listener, I I'm always learning from my guests and, and Scott, I want to call you Aaron for some reason, Scott Spitfire. So Scott, tell us, I mean, obviously you're going to say LinkedIn, obviously, <laughs> um, but you have a common name. So is it just Scott Aaron or do you have something else in your name in case they can't find you? Yeah. I, I mean, you could just type in Scott Aaron. Um, I, I should come up. Um, you, you can type in Scott Aaron, comma, expert authority, which is uh, our mastermind that we have. Um, you can find me. My, my podcast is called Networking and Marketing Made Simple. It's on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, all the major channels. Uh, and I am on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, if you literally, if you Google Scott Aaron, comma, LinkedIn, all the things that I do will come nice. up, my YouTube channel and everything, and, and would love to connect. Nice. And now, this has been a LinkedIn podcast, but you know what my favorite, my favorite platform is? What's that? Take a, take a guess. What do you think it is? I'm going to say TikTok. Nope. Snapchat. Snapchat. I, I love Snapchat. I get a lot of engagement on Snapchat. See, I think the reason why I think Snapchat is so popular, and it's still one of the top three apps in, you know, whenever I check the app store. I haven't used it in months. Well, here's the thing. You can only do two things on Snapchat, videos and pictures. That's it. And it's not owned by the Facebook empire. I'm sorry, the meta empire. And I think that's why it's so popular. It actually, it's no longer for teens anymore. They're all going to TikTok. So Snapchat's still holding their own. And so what I do is I will post something on Snapchat. I'll save the story and put it on Instagram stories. Um, I, I think it's fun. So I think we all need to have one fun platform and I like the filters and the mask and the lenses. I think it's hysterical. Yeah. So people go, wait, you're going to be 57 in June. And you, I, I love Snapchat, man. It's, I think you need to have fun in life. I really do. I, I do that. So I do an Instagram reel every single day. Uh, okay. I, I, I love reels and some of them are funny. They're, they're, they're entertaining. I mean, it's a different side of me because I show up different. Like I show up as myself, yeah. but I'm, I'm professional on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, I'm goofy on Instagram and I show a lot of my personal side, um, and inspirational side on Facebook. So I'm still, you know, being myself, but showing up, you know, differently in each of those platforms. Nice. Well, there's something for everyone. I I don't go on TikTok anymore. I it just neither it, do I. I my, my wife and I canceled our account. It, 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 there's too much um, unregulated stuff that's going on there. Um, I, I I don't condone or support anything that that platform has to do with because there's kids jumping onto adult type stuff. And you know, being a father, I, I I just don't I don't like it. So my wife and I actually we terminated our accounts and we don't even look at it anymore. I create a reel every day. 
and I create a reel. I save it. This is the key. When you create a reel, little tip for repurposing, you create a reel, add the captions from LinkedIn. Then before you post it, download it. Because if you post it, if you download it before you post it, it doesn't have the Instagram watermark. I hope they don't take that away. Then I post that video on TikTok, Snapchat, um, Twitter, Facebook, uh, sometimes on LinkedIn, if it's appropriate, I will put it on, uh, Donald Trump's truth social. I'll put it on getter. I put it everywhere because that's right. what, that's what I'm learning from Grant Cardone. Push it everywhere. Yep. I don't engage on TikTok. I don't engage on Twitter. I just push the content out there because Grant Cardone's kind of popular and he started like, <laughs> he said, if I started over again, this is exactly what I would do. I'd post right. it everywhere. Um, but he does say you've got to be on LinkedIn. So, uh, Scott, this has been a ton of fun. I can't wait for the world to hear this. And just in case you are curious listener, I do release these the day after we record them. So we just talked yesterday on March 30th. You're hearing this the day after. So this is the, what Scott gave you is really current as of yesterday. So I know some podcasts will push, you know, podcast out six seven months this was just recorded yesterday a lot of people don't realize that so this is really up to date and i think it's really important with linkedin because if i roll this out in october uh, a lot of things may change so this yeah. is really up to date i want the list to know that yeah Scott, thank you yeah oh, mark w- mark which means the the training that i'm doing on how to take advantage of the ring my bell feature will be when you're listening to this today so now, what time is it on on the march 31st it's uh 10 30 edt um, okay. So, so if t- you listen to this now, this my podcast come out at three a.m. Central Time, four a.m. on the on the East Coast. So if you listen to this first thing in the morning, well, why not go to Scott's training? It's this morning now. Yep. If you listen afterwards, you probably can watch the replay. You but can. don't miss this opportunity, Scott. Thank you so much for being on the show, man. It was great talking to you, Mark. Appreciate you so much, and uh, just grateful for the opportunity. And it was great to talk to you today. And before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I know that there is an endless stream of options for you in this day and age, but you took the time to listen to the episode, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Don't forget to head on over to top5productivitytips.com and get my gift to you, my top five productivity tips. Remember, it's the number five in top5productivitytips.com. They will serve you well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you again real soon.